As a church, we've been going through the book of Colossians. Today we come to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Listen now for God's word to us this morning. So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you ever wish that you could just rise above the fray? Have you ever found yourself, this last year especially, wishing you could just fly above the struggles of our time, if if even for a little while, maybe you've lost your job, and you find the struggle of job hunting in COVID-19 days a battle, and one that you don't feel you are winning? Or maybe you have a job, but you find the job has gotten so much harder in lockdown days. Maybe your struggle is with loneliness in these isolation times. Or maybe navigating relationships in your household is the struggle for you now that everyone's under one roof all the time. Lord, have mercy. Where do you find personal space? Perhaps it's a health issue that is a daily battle for you. Maybe it feels like eating or sleeping or moving around is a battle with your own body. It could be the partisan divide that has gotten to you, the political struggles of our time. Maybe you see a change that needs to be made in the world, and yet it seems so slow in coming. And as you struggle to be a part of that, to see that future you yearn for come to fruition, the opposition to it seems so strong. And you wish you could just fly above the struggle some days. Or maybe it's simply death that you struggle with. Death in the form of the coronavirus and the threat it poses. Or death as a threat to a family member or to yourself. And you wish you could fly away. It's no wonder that beloved songs about flying away emerged during the Great Depression. In 1932, a popular hymn was published that went like this, Some bright morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. Another song that came out during the Great Depression went like this, I'm going where there's no depression. To the lovely land that's free from care, I'll leave this world of toil and trouble. My home's in heaven, I'm going there. In that bright land, there'll be no hunger, no orphan children crying for bread, no weeping widows toil or struggle, no shrouds, no coffins, and no death. So why is heaven imagined as a place up in the sky? Well, maybe it's because we long to get above the struggles of our day. 
And if heaven is that place where God's will is perfectly done, a place where we know sweet communion with God and with that great cloud of witnesses, if heaven is that place where God's domination-free order is the way of things, if heaven is that place where we truly lay our burdens down, then we imagine it must be above this world of toil and trouble. In the book of Acts, we read of how Jesus ascended to that heavenly home. And don't you love that scriptural picture of our Savior literally rising up into the sky to be with God? Doesn't it speak of a longing in your heart some days to rise above it all? I wonder if that is part of the exhilaration we feel standing atop a high mountain or going up in a hot air balloon or looking down from a skyscraper. You know that feeling that for just a moment we've risen above it all. We get to look down on the struggles of life, but for a moment at least we're not caught up in the struggle. We have that view from above. The portrait of the ascended Christ now dwelling in the heavens. We see that in the book of Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. The passage I just read. Seek the things that are above we read where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on earth for you have been raised with Christ. Don't you love those last words? You have been raised with Christ. And given the imagery of Christ dwelling uh, now in the heavens, the trajectory of these words points not simply to Christ's resurrection, but his ascension. It proclaims life in Christ means in some mysterious way rising and ascending with Christ up to that place free from care, that place where no orphans cry in hunger, a place called heaven. You have been raised in Christ. Great words of hope. And yet it's not escapism that Colossians 3 promises. If we were hoping this text would offer immediate relief from the challenges of life, well, Colossians 3 dashes such hopes. For after this wonderful imagery of ascending to the heavens with Christ, we read this, you have died. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ. Those words point to the very arc of Christ's life, a life that was not just about resurrection and ascension. Long before he ascended, we remember Christ descended from the heights of heaven. He came down to embrace the struggles of human existence. He knew hunger in his own body. He was raised, we read, by Joseph, who worked as a manual laborer, likely as a carpenter. Jesus was confronted with hungry mouths by the thousands. He saw disease. He saw evil and injustice. He saw bitter political and religious divisions. And he stepped into that mess of earthly life and clung all the time to God and God's call for him. He faced the kind of earthly temptations that today's text alludes to. This stuff of earth that we read about later in Colossians 3. These temptations of idolatry, for example, and greed. He faced all of that and did not succumb. He knew in his body the great harm humans could do to one another. And rather than seeking to escape from all that, our Savior embraced the fullness of the human condition, even death, death 
on a cross. That's the life. We know in Christ a life that descended from the heavens to be with us in the struggles of earth. You have died, is how Colossians puts it. The life we know in Christ involves not simply resurrection and ascension. It involves descent, even a kind of dying, or as Bonhoeffer famously put it, when Christ calls someone, he bids them come and die. In his autobiography, John Lewis writes of the first time he met the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It happened back when Lewis was 18. The meeting impressed upon Lewis not simply the glorious hope of the civil rights movement, but the struggle and the dissent. It involved delving into that struggle for justice. John Lewis's meeting with King took place not up on a mountain top, but down in the basement of a pastor's office, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Lewis was determined to be the first black student at Troy State University. Lewis wrote, just as I had chafed during my entire childhood at the sight of white school children enjoying facilities and opportunities so far beyond what was available to me, now I felt a searing sense that it was simply inherently wrong that a black student could not attend Troy State. So Lewis applied. And when he didn't hear back as a Hail Mary, he wrote to Martin Luther King Jr., who he'd heard on the radio to elicit King's support. Would King have any interest in this young student's cause, Lewis wondered. Well, a lawyer working with King replied to Lewis's letter and arranged that meeting in the Montgomery Baptist Church basement. You know, John, King said to Lewis there, if you do this, if you seek admission to Troy State and attend classes, something could happen to you. Your parents could be harassed. They could lose work, lose their jobs. They could be assaulted. Your home could be attacked. Lewis nodded. All right, King said, if you really want to go to Troy State, we will do what we can to help you. That meeting, the way King spoke, it was a framing of life, the justice-seeking life, the Christian life as Lewis had heard it preached not as an ascent above the fray, but a descent right into it. Christ, after all, knew descent. In the light, that's the life that is ours by faith. We read in Colossians, you have died. And yet, because Christ has gone there before us, because Christ descended to earth and lived faithfully, died and was buried, rose and then ascended, we have that very life, the life of Christ at work in us. Sure, we might not always see it. It might be, as the Colossians 3 text puts it, hidden, but it is real. And it means as we enter the struggles of life, Christ is with us by the power of the Holy Spirit, his life is ours. His death is ours. His resurrection is ours. His ascension is ours. It's all ours. We know it now in part and will one day know it in full. The view from above we read about in Colossians 3. It's not an escape from the earth and its struggles. The view from above is the perspective that God is with us in those struggles, even the struggle with temptation. It's the recognition that the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ is all, all ours by faith. So in these 
COVID-19 days especially, keep in mind that view from above. Remember, as you long to fly away or to go to that place where there's no coronavirus, no more hungry orphans, no more struggle, remember that heaven has come near to you. Christ proclaimed the kingdom of heaven has come near, and so it had in him. He brought heaven down to us. And one day we will know it in full. That great day we read in Colossians when Christ who is your life is revealed. And then you also will be revealed with him in glory. No need to seek heaven. It has come to you. Receive it. You can now hold today that view from above. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.